So hello, welcome. Um, so this is really kind of the inaugural episode of Make It Make Sense. So I, I don't know about you, but my take on this life is like the older that I get, the more things I find that are perplexing to me, just the way the world's changing, all of the things that are happening around us. And I think we as humans spend a lot of our time just trying to make sense of the world around us. Mm. So, um, you know, the whole idea behind this is just to have some organic conversation about different topics. And I'm so glad that you're here with me. So this is Emily. I've been practicing saying your last yeah. name. Okay. Let's um, hear it. Satyaglu. Sachi Aglu. Yes. Oh, Sachi. Okay. So I knew that C was tricky in there. Yep. Um, but hello, welcome. Uh, you're hello. she's still Emily Coonfield in my phone, but um tell us who you are. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. Well, I'm Emily Sachi Aglu, formerly Emily Coonfield, as Lori knew me. And um I am married to a man from Turkey, hence the crazy name. And uh, we have one son, and I work as a as an administrator in an urban private high school. So I hang out with teenagers all day. That's fascinating. <laughs> fascinating. And, yes. And I live in Kansas City, and that's about it. I think there's more. There's you may more. or may not have a PhD. I do have a PhD. Yes. Yes, yes I do. <laughs> you yeah. are quite possibly one of the most um, learned friends that I have. So I always appreciate your point of view. Um, and I think today's topic is going to be pretty interesting with you. I'm, I'm interested, you know, I was interested with the research that I was doing, um, but to hear kind of your take on things because, okay. um, well, we'll get into that, but like first as a segue into it, are you, I know you don't pay attention to like celebrity gossip and things like that. So for anyone who's watching, Emily has barely even had a television in her home. How long has it been now? Well, no, we have one now. I know since you've had one, how long has it been? Uh, two years. Two years. So just barely. So just barely. Yeah. Just barely. And I, I, that should not be so shocking to me. More of us should not have TVs. I have multiple TVs in our home. <laughs> Um, and I just am kind of a homebody and I love TV, but I also kind of love celebrity gossip and things like that. So are you watching or paying attention to anything about this Jada Smith and Will Smith stuff that's happening? I am not. Okay. So, you know, Will Smith, I mean, I do, I do. And Jada Pinkett Smith, and yes. they have been always kind of revered, I think in Hollywood for being this solid as solid can be example of marriage, right? Like yeah, they've been two, together a long time, long time. And two people that were very much every, you know, you would think were destined to be together and just had the best relationship and they were the ones to watch and like hashtag goals. Right. Yes. Well, evidently they have been separated for what she's coming out. She has a memoir coming out. So her, she and Britney Spears both have books that are publishing. <laughs> have been published. Those will be top of my list. <laughs> yes, I know. Well, sadly I've ordered, I, I ordered Britney's. Um, okay. I'm, okay. I'm going in, I'm, I'm going in. So, um, but Jada in like on her press tour is talking a lot about her relationship and has admitted um, that she and Will have been separated for seven years. Um, and that, you know, she like had secretly a, separated. 
I guess, secretly separated. Um, they hadn't, she had an entanglement. Like she, she had an affair with one of her son's friends and kept referring to it in dialogue as like an entanglement with this person. But it was like, I guess, a full on relationship. Um, and how so, old was her son? Um, I don't know, probably 25 years younger. I, I'm not really sure. Um, but just they were in the press a lot for that and then they were at the oscars and will smith in defending her from a joke that chris rice saw made. that i saw that Laps, right and so in her you know um press tour she's talking about how during the oscars they weren't even together she didn't know like she hadn't been called his wife for a long time she was very surprised by all of it so I think it's kind of intriguing. Okay. It's always interesting to watch people in a fishbowl. And I think it's, um, you know, private stuff that really should probably be kept private, but those are choices that they made and people are interested now. Right. So, um, but I think it's, it's, um, it's always interesting how um, marriages and these partnerships take place and just mm -hmm. marriage in our society today has really changed right so marriage has been on the decline like the the number of people that are choosing to get married has been on the decline for the past 40 years okay which is pretty crazy um and if i were to say to you or if i were to ask you the question how many people how many marriages do you think end in divorce what would you say well i do think i know that statistic so six out of ten probably so I think most of us say 50%, like that's yeah. what we've heard our whole lives, right? It's actually lower than that. It's about oh. 43% and in divorce. But I think when you couple that with the fact that less people are choosing to get married, mm -hmm. yeah, it, it probably is a much higher total percentage of people who are unwed, right? Yeah. Yep. So I don't know. I mean, you're married. How long have you been married now? 10 years. 10 years. Yeah. So some of the things that they talk about in marriage, right? Like the seven year itch. Did you mm -hmm. feel a seven year itch, like kind of a looking at your partner different and maybe a little bit bored of it all at seven years? I think not really boredom, but I struggle a lot with like being a mom yeah. and somebody's wife because the moment you become a mom, like your, your wife's silhouette changes drastically. And it's yeah. so much of it is like, as a woman, it's a mental thing. It's probably not as profound to the husband, but for me, it was very profound. Mm -hmm. Like, how do I feel sexually? How do I feel, um, about my body physically? How do I feel mentally? I've had a lot of conversations with women about um, my breasts mm -hmm. and that if a, you nurse a child and then you want to be in bed with your husband and him touching your breasts, it's a different experience. And I've never, um, that can make me sad. I've never gotten that back. I've just never, I'm, it's never felt the same. Like, like physically felt the same or emotionally felt the same? Both both. Wow. Physically, okay. It doesn't feel the same. And emotionally it doesn't. So I remember a girl telling me, Oh no, that comes back. Like after you stop nursing and a year or two passes, but it never came back for me. And oh, that, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I nursed for the better part of a decade. Yeah. Kids. <laughs> yes. 
Um, and I definitely remember a feeling of like, I'm just a vending machine. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just, I'm like, you almost lose like your sense of being human at some yeah. point, you know, but I, but I mean, I would not change that for anything. I, I really, for me, nursing was a time that I still had that my child to myself yeah. that I didn't have to share them with everybody else. I remember feeling that very strongly when I had my first child because, you know, it was the new baby and everybody wanted a piece of him. Yeah. I felt like it was the only time I could leave the room and go be alone with him and not have to share him. So I really kind of loved that experience, I get but that. I can totally see. And like when you're, when you're brand new, like when the baby's just here, the slightest friction will cause you to start leaking everywhere. So, I mean, that's just not <laughs> sexual at all. Right. Like no. that's the worst. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that, so, so you felt like your marriage was different. You felt different in your marriage when it was just the two of you. Yeah. I, I, I continue to struggle with like my identity probably in my marriage. Like I want to be, I, I want to be Emily pre-Jack, but I can't ever be Emily pre-Jack. So that right. like complicates the, my emotions in my marriage. Yeah. To Got be honest. It. Got it. And you've, I assume you've talked to Argon about it, right? Like you guys have this conversation. We've had the conversation. Um, I don't know that he, I think to him, it's like, oh, don't worry about that. I adore you. Like, don't worry about it. You're just, don't worry about it. But telling me to not worry about it doesn't mean it goes away. Sure. And then I don't ever feel like a man understands what only women can understand because they've been through that experience. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he can, he can tell me it's okay. Don't worry about it, but it doesn't change it. Yeah. Now he's a, I would say he's a pretty involved dad. Um, he seems like he's a really good dad. (laughs) You're like understatement of the century. That's, that's an understatement. I would say that that's part of, that's probably part of the, the complexity of the marriage is that I have found myself saying to Argon, like the husband and wife are first and the baby is second. Cause that's the way the marriage goes. I believe that the husband and wife have to be first than the baby. So I have said things to him, like, and it, it sounds very juvenile. And sometimes he'll say it back to me like that. Like, honey, you're like, you're the adult. But I'll yeah. be like, well, you shouldn't come in the door and smother him with kisses first. Like you should come to me first. That is exactly what he should observe. And then you should go to him. But to Argon, it's one of those like, oh, don't be silly. <laughs> like, so where, where do you think, when do you think you developed that belief? Because I, I think for a lot of parents, I, I've heard it both ways. I think it's yeah. very much the opposite though. Like a lot of mothers would say that they would lay down on train tracks for their child. And like, if they had to pick between their kid or their spouse, they would choose their child. So but I've heard it the other way too, that like, you know, eventually the kids grow up and leave Yeah, and so you have to have the bond with your, yes. so what do you think, do you think you always felt this way that it should be the marriage think, first? Well, I've, I kind of learned that kind of, I learned that from my younger sister, Katie, like those were her exact words. She would say that all the time. Like the marriage has to come first than the children. And I, believe very much in like 
modeling for my child. Like I, if I want you to think or feel or understand something, I'm going to model that in front of you. And I'm going to be really intentional about what I say. So like I constantly praise my husband to my son. Like, I'll be like, your father is so amazing. Your daddy works so hard to take care of us. Your daddy is doing what daddies do. Like your dad, I always, you know, uh, there's a priest that I work with and he's like, oh, Emily, you're maintaining the patriarch like so well, because it will be in a meeting or some Catholic thing. And it'll be like, blah, blah, blah. And I always comes back to like my love and respect for Argon. Does he do the same on the other side of He's more, he's not as like, um, overt. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't not feel that, but he doesn't verbalize it to the extent that I would, he doesn't like say it as much, but I think we kind of have this joke, but it's not a joke, but we'll, we'll say like, well, if we ever get divorced, like I actually would let you have Jack because I have more faith in your ability to like care for him than even my own in the sense that like, you know, I, I am a selfish person. I've always been a selfish person because of my childhood. So I've had this very like, um, I don't, I don't want to give people my time. I don't want to give people my energy. Cause I felt like the most important formative years of my life, I was acting as a mother and that yeah. created this like tremendous resentment and selfishness in me that I acknowledge. And so, um, you know, I could be very, you know, I think, oh my God, if something happened to, to Argon, like, you know, I stayed in bed till like eight 30 this morning, Argon got up, Argon made him breakfast, Argon got him dressed, Argon took him on a walk, like, and that's absolutely normal. And then I think like, oh, there I was just laying in bed. Cause I just wanted to be alone. I wanted to be alone. I wanted to be by myself. I wanted to have quiet and I wanted to rest. Does that so make do sense? you think, do you, yeah, for sure. And I think that we all need some of that, like, on occasion, you know, so I, I have a group chat. You're in the same group chat with some yeah. friends that, that one of them was talking about how she was home for the first time alone in 20 yeah. years. And she, and I read it, I read the text, like she was kind of lamenting, like she was sad about it. That's how I did. Yeah. I was like, that sounds glorious. Yes. Like I <laughs> kind of love it. I mean, but I, I mean, I have three kids, so it's myself and three kids. And so yeah. like, I feel like there's always someone here and we don't have the best boundaries. So they just bust into the room all the time. And, you know, like, it's just, there's always someone there. Um, so to me, it's not a glorious, but that's not everyone's story. And so I, I can respect that. But do you think like, because of your upbringing, because of these, like the way that it all came about. You had, multi, you had a lot of siblings. So yes. that should be said. There were, there are seven siblings total, right? Yes. And yes. then you're the eighth. Um, so seven that were in the house together at one time or another, and yes. then one from your father's second marriage. Yes. So correct. do you think because of your upbringing, like you chose to only have one child or do you think absolutely? <laughs> yeah, absolutely no think, no hesitation or do you think it was also like a culmination of coming from a really huge house and seeing with like full family seeing what that's like plus having motherhood show up differently than it's romanticized to be I, yes. I don't know I think that 
I mean, I did get married late later and have my child later. So I was 35 when I got married and then I had Jack when I was 38 and I made a lot of decisions in my life, um, about like a marriage and a man in a relationship because I always sort of observed my mom's discontent and unhappiness was grounded in the fact that like her identity, like what was it or who was she or what did she contribute or what did she do? And so I always thought, well, I want to live a very selfish life for a very long time. And I want it to only be about me and me doing what I want, when I want, how I want, what I want. And then when I don't want that anymore, then I'll consider getting married. And I did not want that. And I had zero interest in solidly till 30 solidly till 30. I like top 10 things I would never have done is gotten married before 30. It didn't cross my mind. I didn't have any interest in it. I didn't want to have children. I was just wanting to have a good time. Well, it seems like that's the norm now though. Like it is the norm. I think people are having like taking that step much later. Yep. Meaning they're having children. Like some of the research shows that because people are making all of these life choices such so, so much later in life, or if at all, mm-hmm. that there are certain countries where the population is in danger, which, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know how the population could ever be in danger. Like the world's overpopulated, but, but, you know, like the, for these civilizations to carry on, yeah, there's a question because people are opting out. So maybe you were just ahead of the curve, but well, like, they don't, if you're the, the whiter and more educated and wealthier you are, the fewer children you have. So and like children are born in Africa and India and, and Asia all the time, but North America, Europe, like they're done. They're not having kids. Yeah. Well, and it seems like same thing. If if secondary education was a part of your journey, then those are the people that are having children later. Yes. Um, which I mean, I think is, is kind of interesting. I, I was really sort of surprised to learn that more people are choosing not to get married because of the expense that Mm. comes along with like a wedding and just like inflation in our world right now that people are just like not doing it when in the past people chose to get married for a sense of financial stability because it is a hell of a lot easier. I mean, I run this household on my own. It was certainly simpler when it was, there were two incomes, right? So I think that that was, when you think about people marrying for love and and why they do it and and what we're told is the reason, that was very surprising to me that actually finances and stability or lack thereof really are a large consideration. Well, they, I mean, they had, historically it had to be because women had nothing for, you know, well up to world war ii like you didn't even have a job you maybe went to high school etc etc so what has it been in the last 50 60 70 years that women are more educated working harder contributing to the household but i definitely would not have married a man that couldn't take care of me would not have happened i was definitely I mean, I lived in California and it was like, okay, these guys surf and work at the head shops. <laughs> They're really hot and cute. I would never marry you because like, how are you going to take care of a family? Like that doesn't compute. I don't know how you would do that. So 
um, love. Yes, for sure. But I wasn't going to marry somebody that couldn't, could it, I mean, I'm in education. I'm not going to make millions of dollars. I do fine because I am higher up, but I mean, Oregon definitely makes more money than I. And I think that's the case with most men. They make more money than the woman. Hmm. Maybe not in your case, yeah. but in the vast majority of cases, the men, it's like education is a, for example, education is a, a female dominated profession with low wages because the vast majority of people in education are women who have a secondary income with the husband. So they have been able to <clears throat> kind of stagnate those wages for so long because they knew women were the ones working in that industry. Now, what about, cause you were engaged before. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you, and you got out of it for whatever the reasons were, yeah. but you had somewhat, it, it seems it bought into the whole like romanticizing of a partner and maybe, 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 or maybe not the family, but were you engaged before you were 30 the first time? No, that would have been if I got married when I was 35, a little over 30, you know, 32, something like that. Yeah. Right after. Cause I, as soon as I left California, then I said, okay, I'm, I'm open to these options now. Well, and moving back to the Midwest, I would say there's definitely a feeling in, I mean, in Kansas city is a, a great town, but it's, it's a little more, um, Midwestern and just yep. smaller. And, you know, yep. like I, I definitely like, I can feel it now when I go back home coming from Dallas, I mean, it's like night and day, right? Like it's yep. Kansas city's slower paced. And I really enjoy that about that town. However, I feel like there's, there's a bit of a pressure mm -hmm. to be married. Um, yep. I also feel like it's, I mean, it's just a, um, it's an expectation. And also if you, find yourself dating that's really complicated in that little town it feels like right did you feel that did you feel more pressure to get married um I definitely was in the state of like uh okay it's time I need to I need to get going on this and it just so happened that the person I became involved with um you know, I, we spent five years together. It was probably the five worst years of my entire life. In hindsight, you know that, but you didn't know. In hindsight. Yeah. yeah. Well, in it, I probably knew it, but I didn't admit it. But, um, you know, I came home because my dad was diagnosed with cancer and my best friend had cancer. And then I started a PhD and he was in a residency. So it was like a recipe for disaster because, those are the most stressful things you can go through in life, you know, really? family dying of cancer, best friends dying. Of, and then programs where you're, you know, it's like, I would get up, I would teach, you know, so you leave your house at six 30, you're done at four. Then I would drive an hour to Lawrence at five. <clears throat> I would go to a three hour doctoral level class. So you're in class from, you know, seven to 10, I would drive home and be home at 11. And I did that for years. I did that for five years. So it was like, I can't, I don't know how I did it. I mean, it was absolutely grueling that I was in an abusive relationship. So on top of all of that, it was like, I was down laying on the ground and just being kicked in the head. So I, mm. you know, it was, um, I'm surprised I made it out alive, but I think 
people can be very bonded by tragedy and trauma and pain, yeah. suffering and chaos. Like you're, we're in this together. And despite the madness of it, like that was the person who was by my side when I was going through all of that. So like I was crying to him. I was trying to make sense of cancer with him. I was trying to, um, all those kinds of things. So yeah, yeah. you stick it out. But then I mean, the person that you actually ended up marrying yeah. is the polar opposite polar <laughs> of that person. Yes. So, and I would say like very much like the, the old adage is that you like marry someone who's like your father or that yeah. like girls marry girls look for people that are like their dad and vice versa. I, I think that he's kind of in a lot of ways, like your dad, would you agree? Yeah. Do you think was, were you cognizant of that? I guess you can probably see it now, but I was very cognizant of it, especially because my dad you know, he would never be, uh, rude. So he would never have come right out and said, you know, uh, the, the first guy sucks and he's so bad, but you know, he would say things like, well, I call those in my field, red flags, you know, those things are, and he was saying all the things to me that I couldn't hear. Like, you know, despite my parents getting divorced, my dad was my mom's biggest fan. I mean, he, she walked on water, everything. He just supported anything and everything she did. Everything always like, she's the greatest cook. She's the greatest painter. She's the greatest dancer. She's the most beautiful woman in the world. Mm -hmm. And even when, even after they got divorced and I was much older, I remember my dad saying, when I was married, when we were married, I never ever was envious of anybody else's marriage. I didn't think anybody had a better marriage than us. I didn't think anybody had a more beautiful wife than me. I didn't think anybody had more fun than your mom and I had. And he said here all along, like she was unhappy, but I thought, you know, everything was great. He was truly in love. I mean, he was truly in love. He was truly in love. So, um, I did end up with a person very much like my father and a person that, you know, I, it's, I, you know, it sounds obnoxious and it's not something to say because people end up, I mean, I got lucky. It's a fucking gamble. It's a gamble. You're like rolling the dice because sure. you don't, well, well you don't know who a person will be as a father because you've never had yeah. a child with him. So you enter into a marriage with him. You have no idea if he's actually the kind of guy that'll smack a kid upside his head. If he pisses him off, you don't know those things. Um, sure you, you don't know if they'll be financially responsible. You don't know if they're going to take out the trash. Like you don't know those things. Um, so Oregon is kind of, um, he's an exceptionally, he's an exceptional human. He's not a normal guy. He, uh, the best way to describe him is he's like sort of more evolved than most. He's very evolved just in his, his thinking, his attitude, his, understanding of everything. And even, I mean, he kind of had to like save my life. I was just entangled in this madness and he, nothing, nothing, um, intimidated him. You know, he just said, you know, it's like, well, I, I'm here in this town and I signed a contract and uh, everything I own is here. And I, I signed this lease and I have this, you know, I just kind of lose my mind. And he would say, these are just problems. He said, most of them, if we throw a little money at them, they will go away. That's the kind of, that's how he is. If you throw a little bit of money, 
most of these will go away. Yeah, very pragmatic. He said, you know, we'll just sort of deal with them one at a time. Okay, your first problem is that you sign a contract to work in a school. All right, let's find out how much it costs to break the con $3,000. Okay, I'll give you $3,000. He just kind of went through these things one by one. And I just sort of followed along kind of in awe of his competency and his, um, his, I mean, I think I married him at the time. I didn't make a mistake. I, I love my husband, but I think at the time I married him more because he believed in it so much that I couldn't not believe it. I mean, I kind of thought, why do you want to marry me? You don't even know me. And he was like, oh no, I know you. I know you for your mind. I've spent five years intellectually with you. And what does a girl say to that? I'm like, oh, you mean I hadn't even slept with him. He's like, so do you think, do you think there's something to this like sapiosexual idea? To this what kind of idea? Sapiosexual, like where you are not necessarily like heterosexual or bisexual. You're, you're legitimately only attracted to someone because of their intellect and their mind. Like regardless. I'm attracted to Argon. We have, I mean, there's, I wasn't going to marry a guy. I wasn't also, I mean, sex is important to me. So that was there, but because it, it wasn't a normal dating situation. I mean, he was my advisor. So I had to, and that's another thing that probably is interesting about my marriage, like his identity, I, I had to change my, his identity. You know, he was a person that had power over me. He was an adult and you were like feeling. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, it's the class, he's the professor. I'm the student. He makes me feel bad. He <laughs> shames me when I don't do my work. He wants to know what I'm, you know, just constantly like. An, an intense part of my life but my dad because he hated that other guy and he knew about Argon I mean Argon was in my whole family's life for five years but only as a shadow I mean they didn't like know yeah. him yeah but they knew him and my dad would say like you really should um you belong with somebody a little bit more cosmopolitan that was his word he said this other guy like he's like Joe Schmo like you ought to think and I'm like Argon, my profession, like where you get these. And I always kind of thought I would never marry a foreigner. I mean, I, I remember thinking like, oh, that seems weird. And, and my impression of him was that he was kind of snobbish. You know, I kind of thought that he probably, you know, Europeans can be like that. Ugh, Americans, they're so, you know, as well, so I sort of had know, this impression. He doesn't like, and I've only met him a few times. Yeah. Um, I think he, he seems very quiet, reserved. He, mm -hmm. he doesn't feel like, I think in America, or maybe it's just the people that I know, we have a tendency to need to fill the silence and like yeah. talk. And we're always wanting to talk about ourselves and bring the conversation back. And I don't, I don't feel that with him. And I don't know if it's a European thing or if it's just like a sign of intellect. Cause they say that the smartest people are the ones that are observing and paying attention. Right. And they're not speaking too much, but I don't know that I would, I would classify him as snooty, but I think that whenever someone is different than what we are or what we're used to, the tendency is to find a reason to put it down and say that it's not right. You know? Yeah, and he's he's not snob. I mean, he doesn't have a snobby. That wouldn't be accurate. He doesn't have a bone like that in his body. He right. Very. 
you know, black t-shirt, tennis shoe, chill dude, <laughs> you know, right. very relaxed. Now, and there's how much of an age difference is there between you two? Uh, seven, seven years, seven, seven eight years, which yeah. I mean, is not a lifetime. I mean, it, it yeah. like these numbers don't really matter when you become an adult, but you know, I always think about when I was 12, they were born or, you know, whatever. And then it, it makes a lot of difference, but it is a different generation and a different level of maturity mm -hmm. that you must've been needing at that time. Um, but do you feel that difference? Cause that was quite a bit older for him to have not, he's never been married before, right? No, never been married, never had kids. Um, well, you know, that, you know, he said things to me like that, like, you know, I'm 43, no, he was 30, 35, 42. He was like 42, 43. And he said, well, I mean, if I wanted to be married, I, I could be married by now, but I wasn't going to just marry any girl. I was either going to marry the right girl or I wouldn't have gotten married at all. And, and even, you know, the story when I, when he took me to meet his mom, we just like showed up on the doorstep. He did not tell her he had met me. He did not tell her he was bringing me and he takes me there to, and then marries me two days later. He's like, Hey, we came here. We're going to get married. And this is going to be your future daughter-in-law. And, uh, the way that she greeted me and treated me and later kind of explained, you know, she said, well, he's my son. And I had no doubt that my son would ever do anything foolish. He was not going to, you know, marry the wrong girl. So as soon as she met me, she was like, oh, I love you. You're perfect because he picked you. So you must be. Oh, so that was a beautiful, yeah. you know, I was wrapped up in this, you know, everything kind of was happening like that. So I, I just, every, I just became calmer and calmer and calmer and calmer. Cause I think when he found me, I was like a tornado. Yeah, sure. But he took me like that. He was like, you're kind of a tornado and I'm just going to help you. Relax. You're a project. I'm yeah. Like, you're a project. Lean it up. Yeah. Yeah. And now, I mean, as women, you know, I think, I think the saddest part to me about marriage these days, and I, I know what it's like to be on the other side. Cause that's how I was in the first one, wanting desperately for this man to marry me that was so fucked up in his head. He probably was never going to do it anyway, but I couldn't admit that. But this whole idea of like, I, because I've heard it from a million girls. Well, I told him if he doesn't ask me in six months, if he doesn't ask me in four months, if he hasn't asked me by five months, we have to go and we're picking out the ring. I'm like, there's, where's the romance in that? Where is the, you're, do you really want to marry a guy that you're like harassing to marry you or that you're giving ultimatums to, or that you're. I mean, Argan did not get down on one knee and propose to me. He was like, I want to marry you. I was like, what? And he was like, yeah, I want to marry you. Do you want to, do you want to get married? It was like a conversation. Well, do you, I, I mean, I, I think I still feel that in a lot of instances that it's less about what comes after the wedding day mm -hmm. and more about just the idea of that one yeah. fairy tale day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Which why have women been sold that bag of shit? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, like, honestly, when you're a part of it, it just goes by in a, a whirl. You can't even really remember any of it because it's 
just so much activity and so much chaos in one day that you're, it's not as if you're truly enjoying it. But I just think there is for a lot of people, something about putting on the white dress and oh yeah, being walked to the altar and all of those things, which is not the right reason clearly to get married. However, I mean, we've seen it. There have been um, definite like relationships that, you know, of people that we've known in our past that have gotten married and you're like, I don't know. You can almost kind of judge or guess if it's going to last or not. Yeah. I mean, even in our friend group, it's probably about a, the statistic is probably alive and well, the people that Mm -hmm. are married versus divorced, um, you know, and maybe we could have guessed it, maybe not, but you know, getting married for the idea of it, I think is not uncommon. Um, you know, I, I, so I wonder, cause I know you don't watch like a lot of TV, but I do watch some for sure. There are (laughs) a lot of shows kind of that almost, I would say make a mockery Mm. of marriage at this point, you know, like the bachelor is very Mm -hmm. popular. That's again, great entertainment, but not are those people really being set up for success, right? Right, Love is blind, the ultimatum. Um, So, I mean, I think that there is this just, we we have this curiosity. We want to watch people's relationships unfold in front of us and for the right amount of money you can. But it's like, I don't even know if, if I feel like society takes marriage seriously anymore because there's so much of, this kind of stuff in our world. Do you get sucked into any of that? I don't watch The Bachelor, but it's probably the most popular, I would guess. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I'm very interested in other people's marriages. I don't know that I think about them. I I do. There are people that I see them and I'll think, oh, they got they ended up with the right guy. You know, they got a they've got a good guy there. And I'll feel really happy for them about that. Like I'm so glad. And then I feel very sad for people that didn't. Um, but I, for people that didn't or haven't, I, I want so much for them to go out and try again. I always want that because really? yes, because I love, I love being married. I love, um, it's the easiest thing in my whole life to be married to Oregon. You know, it's easy. There's nothing complicated about it. I feel incredibly respected by him. He respects me. He appreciates me. He pulls his weight. He does his part. Um, and I just have a, a very deep respect for him because of his actions. You know, he, every single, you know, you could tell Oregon, like at 5 a.m., can you put this cup right there before you leave? And it'll be the most, there will be no rhyme or reason to why, but if I ask him to do it, he'll just do it. He doesn't need you know, he's just dependable, reliable, all those kinds of things. And I think those are foundational things in a marriage. I think about, um, uh, like our friends, Emily and Greg, I think they have a really cool marriage because Greg takes Emily exactly as she is exactly as she is. He doesn't try to change her. He doesn't try to tell her what to do or how to do it. And he is a older man. He's a very serious man. Uh, He's a very reserved man. And Emily is, you know, can be the life of the party. But that's, there's something so beautiful about that. There's just something so beautiful about that. 
So um, that makes me happy when I see things like that. I just think, okay, man, you lucked out. You got the, you, of the billions of people in this world, like somehow you found the right dude. That's amazing. That's well, amazing. Do you, do you think that that's, do you think there's only one right person out there for everyone? No, I think statistically speaking, that's impossible. I mean, yeah. if you think about, think about all the men that you've loved in your life, I can think about all the men that I've loved in my life. And I think you and I are probably very similar in feeling like you have many dimensions. Sure. And so Argon is, if I think, okay, if I could have married any of the men that I had been with in my life, I did marry the right one for 99 reasons. But did I love sleeping on the beach in a tent with Tino and listening to reggae? Yes. Do I miss that deeply? Yes. Will Argon ever do that with me? No. So there's a part of me that's like, well, I could have had a completely different life. I could have stayed in California. I could have married this Rasta dude. We could have had these kids and I might've been just as happy. I would have had a completely different life, but I probably would have been just as happy because he was like a really good human. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm sure you could say the same. I'm sure you could think of a guy and you could think, I imagine what our life would be like. And he, he spoke to that part of me as a woman that can a man sure. do every part. I don't know if there's a, but you, so, okay. So here's, here's a question. So a couple questions. Number one, do you think monogamy is natural, like possible? Mm -hmm. Do you think we're meant to be monogamous? I mean, like primates in general, I think only like the statistic was 26% of primates are in are monogamous. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> there are some like things that would say that it's, it's not natural. And I think that a lot of marriages end because of yeah lack of faithfulness, mm -hmm. fidelity. Mm -hmm. So do you think it's natural? Do you think we're all just biding our time? I, I mean, um, that part makes me nervous. Yeah. Because, um, it probably goes back to Emily's own thing with like, okay, this man knew me as Emily and now I'm the mother. And so how does that affect our sexual relationship? Um, would I like to sleep with a different person again? Yeah. If I'm going to be perfectly honest, that would be kind of fun. Um, would I want to hurt Argon in the process? No. So it's probably what keeps me from doing something that would, would that be fun? Yeah. Would I enjoy that? Probably, but would it be worth what it would do to my husband? No. Would it be worth how I would feel after I did something like that? No. But does that mean it's impossible? No. I mean, anything is possible. Um, you know, I think it is super challenging. I think I think a lot of people have affairs. I have friends that are married. I mean, I'm still at the safe point, but I've only been married 10 years, but I have friends that have confided in me about affairs that they've had, but they don't want to divorce their husbands and they don't, they didn't carry on the affair, but they've, you know, I've had one that's had, you know, couple and another that one time, you know, so, and I mean, in, in their process, I was always like, you know, cause 
in two of the cases, they're married to good guys, the right guys, you know, I'm always like, okay, do you want to like, are you going to go live in an apartment and like go on a few dates and take, like, is that really the life that you want? You know, cause let's see how it would play out. Um, I have a friend that does a lot of like, uh, emotional phone texting, sexting. Mm -hmm. And part of me is like, oh, maybe I should discourage her from that. But at the same time, I kind of know the things her husband doesn't do. So I get why she does that. Um, Does she say it to him? Like, is it communicated? It is, but they kind of have, they they have a kind of a complicated situation. I think we talked about it just like two days ago. You know, she's like, well, he is a, a, a massive breadwinner and she gets to stay at home. And she, um, but they don't have much of a sex life. And so she has sort of this other place where she can kind of get some of that. And he, I think he, the way she explains it to me, like he feels like he's doing his husbandly duty because, you know, he brings home all this money. Providing. Yeah. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like you're, you're neglecting, you know, her there. But I mean, sex changes a lot over marriage. I mean, I have another friend who's like, I told him he can have quality or quantity. And if he wants quantity, like it's going to suck ass. And she said, if he wants quality, like he's going to have to wait maybe six weeks until I'm in the mood again. And that's what she told her husband. Now it sounds a little harsh. I would never tell my husband something like that, but I got it. I got what she was saying. Well, I, I have a hard time with that because I think if you're not like horny you're not alive like if you don't want to have sex like what yeah. like it's one of the the things that makes life worth living yeah so just to like all you you hear this like all these stories of these women that just don't want to do it anymore yeah and I'm like, that is really challenging Did I hope you that want to do it a lot throughout I mean marriage? yes like I was definitely the more um sexual of like the two and it was a problem because I I think if you're not having sex there's more to it because it is such an emotional connection and if that stops then you probably have to dig into why that stopped you know um you know again in research for this topic since social media there are there are a lot of people that are using that and, and I think it it might start as like a flirtation. You know, I tried yeah. to explain to the people that I work with, like, if you're a female and you have any kind of social media, you've definitely gotten a dick pic or like have been solicited on the internet. Like it's undoubted. It happens. I don't care if you weigh 700 pounds <laughs> or if you're a, you know, perfect 10 model, like it doesn't matter. Like it, it's all females because guys are just seem to always be ready to go. And <laughs> <laughs> they're going to shoot their shot. Right. And so it's pretty crazy, but there are, I think a lot of people that start these things up now because of social media or the internet. Yeah. And it may, it, it definitely, you know, begs the question, is there, um, like is emotional cheating worse mm-hmm. or physical cheating? Like if you were to be cheated on in one way or the other, not that there's a preference, but would you have a preference? Like is, does one hurt less than the other? I think, uh, the, the, the physical would hurt less. Yeah. For and me I think most women would say yeah. that. 
right? Because we're women. And like, if Argan told some other woman that he adored her and she was beautiful, that would hurt. But if I was like, oh, he went down on this chick, I'd be like, okay, well, okay. <laughs> I don't know. I yeah. wouldn't, I, I don't think I would, but I listened to a podcast recently that I was telling you about with this divorce attorney. And he said, um, the most important thing you can do in a marriage for it to remain healthy sexually is never compare your sexual life to anybody else's. And he's funny. He says, you know, if you are a man and you're married to a woman and you like to have your socks on and have sex on Tuesday at four 30 every three months, and your wife is down with that and you're down with that, then your sex life is perfect. And if you need to have sex six days a week and then not do it for a year and your wife is okay with that and the husband's okay, then your sex life is perfect. And, um, I know that like having a child, Oregon and I are like weekend lovers because we're both dog tired during the week. And the good thing with us is that we constantly are like in a sweet way, like apologizing to each other for being tired and reminding each other. It's not about not wanting to be together, but it's like, but Saturday it's going to, it's going to happen or it's Friday on. night it's going to have like game on, but I'm not going to make you feel bad that on Thursday, like top 10 things I don't want to do is that I want to go lay down and get in bed and, you know, all those kinds of things. And that's your love language during the week. I, I mean, yeah. I, I and it works. that's beautiful. And yeah. I do think it's about whatever works for every couple. I mean, one of the worst things you could probably do is try to dice and we all do it because we're like gluttons for punishment, but like try to dissect previous relationships and yeah. compare to what they like, we're all better off not knowing any of the stuff really that happened in the past because yeah. it, it just no good comes of it, but we just can't help ourselves from picking at that scab, you know, like, yeah, yes, well said. <laughs> it's just like it's the human condition. But so if, if Argon, if something happened and Argon weren't here tomorrow, yeah, divorced or the or worse, divorced yeah. or otherwise, yeah, you would get married again, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I did tell Argan, I mean, we have a very fun, you know, he humors me, you know, he's always like, now if we got divorced, don't worry, I would absolutely take care of you. You know, no problem. Nice. Take care of you. And he's proven it. He set our whole life up with the trust. He put everything, you know, he showed me, he's like, everything is yours. Everything belongs to you. And his dad did the same with his mom. I mean, took wonderful care of her, even though they actually had, they were like Jada and Will. They were like divorced, but not do you think divorced. it's a Turkish thing? Like, do you think it's <laughs> I well oh to take care of your wife abs oh yes. yes you have to yeah. take care of your wife oh yes they're like we don't trust anybody but our wives we take care of our wives Interesting. they're very yeah they, I don't know that American men are that way yeah I don't know if they are I don't know if they are either but I know that it would be very shameful if like people if we split up and like he didn't take care of me that would be I awesome. mean you hear about American men like hiding money and like having yeah other families and stuff. So I'm not sure that that's, I, well, I don't like want to assume they don't do stuff like that, but I think there's a, you know, you have to take care of your, well, there might be a percentage of the population and God bless them, but <laughs> I watch a lot of 48 hours and most of them are not acting like it, but anyway, so sorry, carry on. Okay. So okay. If we, so, oh, so I've, I've also told Argan, I said, uh, now, cause I, I go out a lot without him like at night and he'll always be like did you meet any dudes <laughs> did anybody flirt with you I'm like well this guy did tell me he liked my hair blah blah, blah. you know it's kind of innocent but he um I did tell him I said you know if I if I did my life over again and had a very like sort of whimsical life I would have married a different man every decade 
like very intentionally. When I turned 20, I would have been like, I'm going to marry my 20 year old love because this dude is speaking to me. And I would have spent 10 years with him. And then when I was 30, I'd say it's over. I'm going to go find my 30 year old guy because imagine, do you remember your 20 year old self and your 30 year old self? I didn't do all and your 40 year old self. Like you have been a different woman every decade of your life. For sure. For sure. So I'm like, okay, I'm like Emily right now, 46. Like, who will I be when I'm 50? And you, your whole thing about making it make sense. And the older you get, that's the best part about getting older. Just like the perspective you have on life, the um, kind of calmness, the confidence, all of those things. Or the just, I don't give a fuck. Like, (laughs) you know, I mean, you know, just the stuff that you worried about when you were younger, that just, it doesn't matter. And it, you, at a middle age, you understand it differently. You're like, why did I care? That wasn't the end of the world, you know, like, so yeah, I mean, yes, I think as you're, you evolve to be able to be with the person that made sense at that point, but, but that kind of begs the question for all those people that got married and they to their high school sweetheart. Mm-hmm. What the hell? I mean, like I am a hundred percent, not the person that I was at 17. No. And those, and there are people that, I mean, we grew up and we, we went to Catholic schools. And so yeah. it was very frowned upon to get divorced. And it was very much, you are entering into a contract for life for life. Yeah. And that's kind of terrifying, which might be why 20%, I think was the number of um, most engagements are 18 months, 12 to 18 months. Okay. And 20% of weddings are called off after engagement. And maybe that's why. 20%? 20%. And and maybe it's because, and again, it's the internet. So like you could pull up some other site and find a different number, but it's like the, the for life thing, I think is really scary. But I, I mean, I have to think that those people that got involved when they're really young and if, if they've evolved and if they've done it together, that's beautiful, but that's also not always the norm. Like yeah, you can go kind of on diverging paths. Right. right. So they've just decided they're going to power through. And I think there's something awesome about that too, but it's just, it, it's so intriguing. I don't know if I think there's anything awesome about that. If you, if you if 10 years of your life pass and you're like, oh my God, I was miserable for 10 years, but we had 10 great years. You know, when we raised the kids, I'm like, but you, you gave up 10 years. No, I used to be very anti-divorce. I just thought, oh my God, the, the children and everything that happens, but no, I've completely changed my viewpoint on that because once there's a famous, I don't know if it's from a poem, the only thing you can't do for someone you once loved is love them again. Like once you don't love somebody, you don't love them. You that can't re-love them. Yeah, yeah. Not in the, not in that way. You can respect them or you can do this or do that. But, you know, I think adults often forget once they start hating each other, the kids are not, they're not dumb. They're not fools. Like if you have hostility and anger towards your husband, your child will feel that. If you respect your wife and you think she's a fucking idiot, your children will feel that. So you have a duty to get divorced. (laughs) You have a duty to get divorced because you cannot do that to young children and you should not do that to another person's soul. Like, why are you going to torture that person? Well, it is harder the older you get, I will say, to like 
like try to think about getting back out there. I mean, I, you know, I've been divorced for four years now and I, I mean, I'm at a point where, I mean, I feel very happy. I'm very content in what is happening in my life, but I don't, I don't know that I can say that I'll want to get married again because like I got out of the first one pretty unscathed. I mean, we're still friends and, you know, for all intents and purposes, everyone's pretty well settled and emotionally stable. And I just like, feel like I might be tempting fate to do all of that again, you know? And I think you should, I don't know, but I mean, it's definitely harder the older you get, but, and I can see not wanting to give up valuable time, but I can, I, and what I meant by it's awesome is if you're able to really put in the work because no one that you'll talk to that's being honest and you ask about marriage will say that it's not work, yeah, right? It's the first human. thing that they'll say, like it, yeah. it is a relationship that you're, you're not, it's not always going to be glorious. You have to put in work to yeah. keep it healthy. Right. So if you're a couple that's been, been together for a long time and you feel that like the, you know, sparkle is going and you do the work to try to correct it, that's a beautiful thing. If you can make it last and you can evolve together and you can support each other. I think that that's great. I just think that it, it feels a little far-fetched for me that the person that I was 17 and, you know, in high school, that it would make sense for us to be married now because I'm not the same person I was then. Right. So I don't know, like to each his own. And I mean, whatever works for you know, whatever works, but it's really good to have love and share. Oh, and I share. love love. Yeah. Yes. Everybody loves I love love. love. Yeah. Yes. It'll come. Well, love will come to you. <laughs> well, here's, here's a, a final question. Okay. For you. Okay. Okay. So, and it, it's kind of along the same lines, but if you could give one piece of advice mm-hmm. to your younger self mm-hmm. that would impact, you know, your future self, what, what would it be? What do you, what do you know now that you wish you'd known then? Um, I think, well, since this is about divorce and relationships, just that, that, you know, you should only, you shouldn't settle for anything less than what you deserve. You know, I, there were times in my life, well, there was just that chunk of time in my life where I settled for something less than I deserved. And, um, I never should have done that because that's time of my life. I could never get back. And it's not that I would take the time with that person because even though it was awful, there was, it was also beautiful. I I mean, I stayed for for a lot of reasons, but I deserved a lot better than that. And I should have had the, the, the strength the power, the wisdom, whatever to be like, hold up. (laughs) I deserve something different. And if you're not going to give me that, then goodbye. So that, that would be my advice. Well, good for you. I can see that in you. I think um, being in a healthy relationship is good for all of us. It's written all over your face. And I think, yeah. um, you know, you had to go through that to get to where you are. So, yeah, you know, if nothing else, that's the beauty in that situation. But I appreciate you so much for like Thank spending you. this time with me and having this conversation, I knew you would have interesting perspectives. I mean, if, if I'm being honest, there were probably times in your younger years where I would have not guessed you would have even gotten married. I, I, yes. I think you were very anti-establishment for a while. 
And so, you know, to see yeah. you so well-rounded and I just think yeah. you found the marriage that it makes sense for you and your cute little family makes sense. And yeah. so that's a really beautiful thing to watch. I appreciate you being Thank so candid. You. I can't wait to listen to your other podcasts. I know what we'll, we'll just get into more stuff and I will try to pick apart all of my friends' lives and short. Yes. So yes. Wonderful. Well, I love you. Thank you for spending this time with me and okay. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thank okay. you. Bye, Bye benefits boss. <laughs> no, this one's making it, make it make sense. Make it make sense. Okay. Yep. Bye. Bye baby.